Welcome back to Live Mike. What is the responsibility of the Secret Service when it comes to the coronavirus? As I speak to you now, I am seeing footage play and replay of the event which took place last Saturday at the White House in the lawn just outside where uh, dozens of members of government, members of the the legislative branch, uh, guests, attended the announcement of Amy Coney Barrett as the president's nominee to replace uh, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There are now, as the hours tick by, more and more individuals connected to that event coming down with the coronavirus. Now, in terms of planning for an event like that, uh, I've been back and forth with some of those in attendance, and it was made very clear to me that the requirement was that to gain entry into that event, you must test negative for the coronavirus. We have since learned that event. We've since learned that it's the rapid test upon which the White House has been relying. And so my question is, who is responsible? Who is responsible for uh, making a determination as to whether or not that rapid test is reliable? It's becoming uh, ever more apparent that the reliance on that rapid test uh, may have led to the circumstance uh, in which the president finds himself right now. Uh, Utah's own Senator Lee finds himself right now, plus many others who were in attendance that day uh, and who work inside uh, the White House. Most recently, Press Secretary Kelly McEnany has announced she has come down with a positive case of the coronavirus. To talk about the Secret Service, uh, where their responsibility lies, and also uh, protections for themselves, is a Utah and a former member of the Secret Service himself. Spent 30 years uh, in the Secret Service. Dennis Crandall joins me. Uh, Mr. Crandall, thank you for your time. How are you? Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm well, and I'm always grateful to you for uh, participating in the program when we have uh, questions about the the Secret Service, uh, both today and uh, as it has uh, changed with time. Let me ask you very frankly, how far does the responsibility of the Secret Service go in protecting the president? Well, we are responsible for, for first of all, protecting him against intentional injury and uh, that, you know, an assault, a sniper, an assassin, that, that sort of thing. Now, uh, we share the responsibility uh, for his well-being, obviously. Well, we would defer to uh, the White House medical doctor, the White House medical staff to uh, deal with those kind of things. And that's that's kind of a joint effort. In a motorcade, the president's doctor will be in close proximity. So uh, that's a that's a joint responsibility. And, and now the condition. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just I was going to ask about the communications between the, the medical staff and the Secret Service. Uh, what was that like? Are there and again, we're drawing only from, from your experience and things may be different now. But uh, as you observed it, what was the what was the, the SOP for communication between the, the health well, staff? It, and it's, the service? It's, it's direct. I mean, you're, you're sitting They actually rode in the in the follow up car with us. So it's that close. The, the, the White House doctor. And then uh, whenever you take the president anywhere, there's always a hospital survey done. So what is the nearest hospital with particular capabilities and how far is it? Uh, that sort of thing. So this whole uh, uh, coronavirus is a whole new uh, scenario that I, I'm really not schooled uh, or, or aware of. But I can just speak to what my experience was. And the physical condition of a protectee is is very critical. And the FDR is a perfect example. He served for 
three plus terms, and uh, most of the country didn't even realize he was partially paralyzed, and uh, that created unique responsibilities for for moving him and evacuating him and those kind of things. But uh, that was a pre-TV era, right. uh, and uh, so those uh, those things do come up. Different protectees have different medical issues. We have to be aware of those. But uh, that's something we generally share with. Uh, uh, well, we always defer to a doctor in a, right. in a serious situation. Well, what's the doctrine? What's the the Secret Service doctrine when it comes to protecting a a, a protectee uh, from from behavior that may endanger themselves? Okay, now that's interesting. We've had people come out here, vice president, vice president's wives, and things like that that love to ski, ski Park City in our mountains. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they're a little reckless. And uh, uh, those are real considerations. And uh, we uh, we just have to deal with those. Do, do, do you step in if you see something uh, that's a little too dangerous? Is there a comment if that's yeah, made? If it's outrageous, you just you – just, uh, uh, have to put your foot down, but these people are their own people, and they're powerful personalities, and it's it's a it's a very much of a give and take in some situations. Yeah. So uh, again, not, not a circumstance that you've witnessed firsthand, but uh, but there may be instances where, uh, say, a protectee in this new COVID era uh, is is maybe not engaging in some of the uh, or not taking advantage of some of the guidelines and protections that uh, you know the the smart doctor folks have handed down. Uh, the Secret Service would would, would would be compelled to just stand by and allow that to take place? Well, that's a, that's an interesting question that I, I'm just not prepared to, to answer because sure. I had no experience with this type of a thing of where we have a, a pandemic that's it's not just we're worried about his uh, safety and well-being. It is he infecting others. So it's a, it's a two-way thing. Exactly right. And uh, that's a whole new, whole new dimension that I just have had no real experience with. I'm sure the Secret Service uh, is is doing everything possible within their area of responsibility to uh, practice best practices. But but again, I'm just I don't have any firsthand awareness of that, so I better be careful. (laughs) Well, I I, I can appreciate that. Dennis Crandall, thank you so much for your time and your insight uh, on this issue. Uh, Mr. Crandall spent 30 years uh, with the United States Secret Service and, and joins us today. Thanks again for the conversation. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a break, and and when we return, we're going to shift gears pretty dramatically and have a look at the impact that this distance learning is having on students, specifically those in the Salt Lake City School District. How long, how long can you be away from your teachers? How long can you be away from your friends? And what are the long-term impacts that such separation may have? We'll speak to someone with a strong opinion on exactly that matter next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.